Thank you for listening to the preaching ministry of Oxford Baptist Church. We pray you'll be blessed as you apply these truths to your life. Well, good morning again. I want you to turn with me in your Bible to that familiar passage of Scripture, John chapter 4, where Jesus encounters the woman at the well. John chapter 4. Let's stand together as we read this Scripture. As Jesus is encountering the woman at the well, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away in the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? The Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asking to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the the well and drunk from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said unto her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a living spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the privilege we have of coming this morning and worshiping the true and the living God. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that everyone here, every man and woman, and every boy and girl will be blessed. God, I pray that your presence would be here and touching every spirit, every heart. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that something good and lasting and redemptive will take place because we've met to worship you, the true and the living God. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Some years ago I was reading uh, in Christianity Today, and it is kind of interesting that they said that approximately 90% of the people in America believed in God. 90% uh, believed in God. And then you look around and you see all these myriad of problems that we have, and you begin to wonder, how in the world can our society be in the shape it's in if 90% of the people believe in God? Now let me ask you a question. Do you believe that Christ is the answer? Do you? Do you really believe that Jesus Christ uh, is omnipotent and He is the answer? It is amazing to me that if we have that knowledge and we believe in our heart and spirit that Christ is truly the answer, uh, then why we have so many questions that seem to have no answers. Now, as you look at this section of Scripture, I want to refer you to John 4, 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you a Jew asked for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews had no dealings 
with the Samaritans. The Samaritans were a people that were a mixed race. The ten northern tribes were taken away in captivity in 722 B.C. And from that period of time, so many people entered that area. There were so many different marriages and so many different races interacting. And so the Jews just absolutely had nothing to do with the Samaritans. They did not like them at all. Have you ever noticed in our society today that we still have a race problem? Isn't that interesting? It is amazing to me that in our society today that we still have this thing called prejudice. Prejudice. Now, I had one writer to say that everybody has some kind of prejudice, and that, that may be true. But I'm going to tell you something. I do not believe that under God, the church of the living God should have any prejudice. You know, when the Holy Spirit came, Jesus said to his disciples, I want you to tarry here in Jerusalem, as he was taken up into heaven. And he said, after you're here, I want you to know that the Spirit of God is going to come upon you. And when the Spirit will come upon you, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. But as you continue reading, every nation just about under heaven at that time had a representative in Jerusalem. They were all represented. And I believe today in the Church of the Living God that uh, we cannot be exclusive. We need to be inclusive. Does that make sense? I believe that we should absolutely understand what Jesus told this woman. Now listen to what she said. And uh, the first point is simply this. Christ gave the Samaritan woman a new ethic. A new ethic. Do you believe that America needs a new ethic? Do you need a new ethic? Well, I've got good news for you if you do. Christ is the answer. I can't go back and tell you all about my life, and this is my, what, fourth message with you, and I want to get through this one. And so I'm going to not chase any rabbits, but I am going to tell you this, that growing up was kind of interesting in our family. There was a whole lot of prejudice. Prejudice is something that just absolutely divides, it separates, it causes so much conflict and hurt, and just shouldn't be there. I watched a program on television the other day, and a commercial came on, and it had a, a, a little black baby. Must have been maybe, uh, how old are you when you start walking? I was about five. I, you know, I was a, I was a late walker. A little black baby and a little white baby, and they were playing in a room, and they turned around, looked at each other, they walked over, and they hugged. And the caption read this. Hate is not inherent. It's learned. It's taught. You know, I wish we could all come like little children before God and, and absolutely have a fresh start in our spirit and our heart. Wouldn't it be great? It really would. I told somebody one time that was so heavily prejudiced. I said, you know, when you get to heaven and you go through the pearly gates, I said, I hope uh, that the gatekeeper is just as black as he can be. It's just amazing to me how people in the 21st century, and especially God's people, can still have some sense of prejudice. 
When I look back in my life, some of the, the pe- people that stand out in my life uh, were, were, were so uh, wonderful, so many different cultures. I've had the privilege to travel just about around the world. And I have found that everybody around the world not only needs Jesus, but they smile and they love for you to talk to them and they love for you to touch them. They love for you to be a part of their life. Uh, they love to know that you care about them. You know, uh, listen, this woman said to Jesus, How can you be talking to me? When I became uh, pastor of the First Baptist Church in Snailville, the culture there was kind of changing from a rural mentality to this urban mentality that we have now. And uh, so many people began to move in there. Uh, had people from all over the world. And uh, there were some things said. And I don't know whether you know Ralph Freeman or not. Have y'all ever heard of Ralph Freeman? Uh, he, he is a little a black man. He's about this high. He's about 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, and kind of small in stature. But he can bust the windows out of this church. He has the most beautiful voice you've ever heard. I heard him sing uh, one morning on Dr. Stanley's uh, program. Uh, do y'all ever watch Dr. Stanley? Uh, my wife has been with Dr. Stanley so many years, and I have to listen to Dr. Stanley three times on a Sunday morning before I come here. And uh, uh, I, I do. I've, I've learned to just relax and say, yes, sir. He says, now listen, now listen. Uh, I saw Ralph Freeman singing on Dr. Stanley's program, In Touch Ministries. And I thought, well, you know what? I think I'm just going to have him to come. So I told Roger... Hanson, who was our minister of music, that Ralph was going to come. He was going to be sitting with me. And when he walked uh, up uh, to sing, after everybody came in, the choir usually comes in and we have this call to worship. And then the choir sits down and uh, and Roger comes and gets us all cranked up, that big old church. Well, instead of doing that, everybody sat down in the choir and I had Ralph to come up. And he stood beside the pulpit. And he sang, Down from His Glory. I want to tell you something. Uh, My hair still stands up thinking about that occasion, but Ralph Freeman can flat out sing. (laughs) He's something. Everybody was, they didn't know what to do. They, 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 They just jumped to their feet when he finished. And I came up on the stage and I put my arm around Ralph and I said, Was that wonderful or what? Got another ovation. I said, can Ralph be a member of our church? And they said, yes, amen, praise God. And you and I never had another problem. Never had nobody ever to say anything else. Isn't that amazing? And, and, and God did that. This woman needed a new ethic. She said, you know what? Jews don't talk to Samaritans. Samaritans don't talk to Jews. And what are you doing asking me and talking to me about water? She needed a new ethic. And as she began to have this interaction with our Lord Jesus Christ, her mind and her spirit, her heart began to change. It began to change. We need a new ethic. I'm tired of prejudice. Prejudice doesn't do anything but divide When I was married to Carol, we were married 15 years before we had our first child. We were slow learners. 
And uh, I was at the seminary at the time in Fort Worth, Texas. There was a man there that I met. His name was George Obadiah. George Obadiah was from Nigeria. And uh, as he taught me some of his dialect, we used to sing his songs going to seminary. And when he would see me, he would say, And I would say, And he would say, A song. And we began to learn some of that Nigerian dialect. And I had never met a more godly man in my life. Have you ever been in the presence of someone that causes your spirit to just jump? You just, there's a difference. He came and ate dinner with us, and he said to me, You have no children. And I said, That's right. And he said, Is there some problem? I said, No. Uh, that's why I wanted to go into medicine. We had every test known to man, and I paid them thousands of dollars. And I figured if I wanted to get rich, I'd become a gynecologist. Yeah. And, 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 and so he said, uh, may I pray with you? May I touch Miss Carol? And I said, yes. We got down on our knees, and he prayed a prayer that has never been forgotten. And let me tell you what. About nine and a half months later, Leah was born. Isn't that amazing? And then he came to my home again, and, and uh, we had dinner, and we were praising God, and he was seeing the baby. And he said, may I pray with you again? I said, no. You know, uh, I said, one and out. You know, uh, but a second child did come along two years later, Rachel, and I... One day you'll meet them. But I'm going to tell you, I grew up in a culture during World War II and afterwards it was just heavy laden with prejudice. I didn't understand it when I was a child. I, I kind of went along with it as a young adult. And then when Jesus Christ came into my life, He also gave me a new ethic. He told me in my spirit and my heart, Ronnie... If you're going to be my spokesman, if you're going to be my preacher boy, then you're going to have to understand that whosoever will may come. You're going to have to understand that I died for all, not just for some. And you know, I, I just absolutely want to encourage you. If there's any prejudice in your heart about anyone, you just need to get right with God. You don't have a a race problem, you have a spiritual problem. And you need to get that right with God. God came to give this woman a new ethic. I think America needs a new ethic. Dr. Martin Luther King tried to plant that seed in all of our hearts. Have you ever heard his sermons? All of us preacher boys have heard them. I've listened to them. Uh, I've been to the mountain. I've seen the other side. I know that a man is not going to be judged by his, the color of his skin. He's going to be judged by what? The content of his character. There needs to be no prejudice in the church of the living God. I don't believe a church can call itself a true New Testament church if it's truly inundated by prejudice. Would you say amen to that? Now, I want to tell you something. You've called me to lead you during these days, and I'm going to tell you. I witnessed to people in pool rooms. 
Uh, I do. You say, well, Brother Ronnie, you shoot pool badly. Uh, when I was down in Donaldsonville, one of the first places I went was in the little town strip. I started meeting all the people. I went in the pool room. They were shooting pool in there, and I, I said, may I have y'all's attention? They all stopped, looked at me, they didn't know me from Adam. And I said, I want you to pick out the best pool player you got in this place. And I said, I'm going to whoop him bad. They all pointed to this one man. I didn't know that he was the champion of the whole southeast region. He came over and he said, all right, what's your game? I said, nine ball. He said, you know how to roll for the break? I said, I sure do. He beat me bad on the break. He'd been rolling for the break. He did it perfectly. And then they racked him up and he, pow, I never got a shot. He ran the entire table. And then he said, how was that? He said, would you like to play for $5? I said, not with you. I said, I'll play with the blind man for that. But then I began to talk to him about who I was and why I was in there. And then the mouths opened up, dropped. And I said, now I'm fixing to leave. I said, y'all whooped me bad. I said, but I want to pray with you. Do you have prayer requests? People came over there and put the pool cues down. And this man, he's about 6'5", put his arm on my shoulder. And he started crying. And he said, you know what? He said, I, I'm having surgery. I'm having heart problems. Would you pray for me? And I said, I sure will. I prayed for him in the pool room. How about that? Huh? Do you know what? I still keep up with him. Every time I go down there, I go by and see him. And now he runs a restaurant. His brother runs the pool room. You know, I'd I, I much rather go to the restaurant, but I'm glad I went to the pool room. I'm going to tell you something. Whoever we lead to Christ and whoever accepts Christ comes down here, I'm going to baptize them. Amen. We need a new ethic in the church of the living God. And this woman at the well got a new ethic from Jesus Christ. What an encounter. He looked at her and she looked at him and he says to her, I want some of that water. Why are you talking to me? You don't do that. We don't communicate. There's a barrier there. It has been for years and years and years. But Jesus gave this woman a new ethic. Not only a new ethic, He also gave her a whole new morality. I'm not going to have time to read all these scriptures, but I want you to put down uh, John chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Jesus said to her in verse 16, Go and call your husband. Uh-oh. Here we go. And she says, uh, uh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus then told her, you know, that she has five of them. You know, he said, the man you're now living with is not your husband. You know, do you think that America needs a new morality? Do you think family is being challenged like never before? Do you believe that our families are under attack? I was reading one writer who said that leading your family through the American culture is like taking a squad through enemy territory. And it's kind of interesting, isn't it? We're attacked from all sides today. We need a new morality. 
just anything goes. As a matter of fact, uh, you're, uh, I don't want to stay here very long because if I do, I get, do you ever get upset? I got to where I don't like to watch the news that much. I'll get just a little bit of it. I used to be uh, an addict, you know, watching the news, and now I've tried to wean myself from that. I found the old channel. I watched Gunsmoke. And, and I watched Barney. And, you know, I, I watch all these other channels now that uh, kind of helps me put things in perspective. But we need a new morality. Things have changed so radically. One writer said this in history, you know, for evil to triumph, all that needs to take place is for good men to do nothing. We're just absolutely living in a moral, cultural cesspool. It's a maze that we're in, and we've got to get out of it. Jesus came to give this woman a new morality. You know yourself, uh, some of the people that are so liberal have tried to do away with gender. Uh, Like now you can be gender neutral on your birth certificate in some places and in some countries. And one couple was interviewed on the television recently that said, you know, what did you put on your birth certificate for your child? Gender neutral. We're going to let the child decide when it gets old enough. You know, it just blows my mind that people can be that absolutely stupid. Well, you know the controversy that we had at Target when that came out. You know, we had transgender restrooms and government places. It just blows your ever-loving mind. And then we see now that if you go to Barnes and Nobles, you ever go to Barnes and Nobles? You go over to the family section and you can find books that are entitled Starter Marriages. Like a starter home. And they tell you to try out everything before you make that final commitment. And it may just be that this first one is a starter type relationship and you might not enter into a real commitment. That's the kind of society in which we live now. That's why it's so important for us to toe the line. Now you say, well, Brother Ronnie, if you're trying to tell me if I've had more than one wife, I'm, I'm just gone. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to tell you that when you put your eyes on Jesus Christ and you grab your hands of faith with your family, that there needs to be some sense of consistency in our lives. Our culture is just really drifting. Would you agree to that? He gave her a whole new sense of morality. She faced her immorality. And when she did, with honesty, there was a sense of respect that came back into her life. There was a sense of wholeness uh, that was restored and a sense of right and wrong. Have we lost our compass when it comes to right and wrong? I believe we have. I really believe we have. Listen, our society just absolutely uh, causes us to be troubled in our heart and spirit, but we need to pray and we need to make sure that we're as close to God as we possibly can be, and that we toe the line with our morals and our values. You know, today there's just no absolutes. They've dissipated, according to uh, modern psychiatry. (laughs) I tell you, folks, we got a long way to go. Jesus gave her a whole new sense of being and 
wholesomeness. He said, look, go call your husband. She goes, uh-oh. Which one? And he says, you've had four. The man you're living with now is not your husband. Do you believe that God knows all about you? How did he meet this woman he'd never met before and really by cultural standards should have never even communicated with her in the first place? How did he know that this had gone on in her life? He knew because he's, the, he's our Lord. He's God incarnate in the flesh. Amen? Do you believe God knows about you? Is he, do you believe He knows about what websites you go to? And what kind of books you read? We live in a pornographic society. Uh, we, we see it all the time. I'm telling you folks, we need a new morality. Personally, in the church of the living God, and help us, God, to make this world see that there is a difference when you know Jesus Christ personally as your Savior and the Lord of your life. Uh, we are in a maze of mixed-up morals in America today. And the only answer, I believe, is giving your life to Jesus Christ. You know, I've seen Jesus come into the life of people in my ministry through the years, in revivals and in church life, that were hooked on drugs. I've seen them come, give their life to Jesus Christ, never go through one day of withdrawal, and see their life totally changed. I've seen people who have been so mixed up that doctors have just thrown up their hands and say, look, I can't help you any longer. You need to go see somebody else. I've seen people completely turned around, and it's because of Jesus Christ in their life. He is indeed the answer. This woman got a whole new sense of morality. Talking to Jesus and in that discourse, the Spirit of God began to flood her and truth and honesty began to come out. Oh, it was a life-changing experience for her. And then lastly, Jesus gave this woman a whole new sense of understanding God. As they began in this discourse in John chapter 4, verse 24, uh, she began to divert the conversation just a little bit. And she said, well, your people, the Jews, worship God in Jerusalem, but we worship God in the mountains here. And what did Jesus tell her? Jesus looked at her and he said, listen, there's coming a day when geography is not going to make any difference. There's coming a day that we'll worship God in truth, and in spirit. And I'm going to tell you, it just revolutionized her life because she was standing in the very presence of God Himself. Jesus Christ, God incarnate in the flesh. The Spirit was there with her. The power was there with her. And she was changed from that moment on. Have you been changed? Have you been changed? Do you believe you can worship God anywhere? He's everywhere. I found Him in the jungles of, uh, uh, of Brazil on the Amazon. I, I found Him in tribal meetings. I've been there, built churches, and watched people give their life to Jesus. He's everywhere. He really is. He's here today. He is the answer. The Spirit of God will speak to your heart, and when He does... You give him what he asks. And then the last thing I want to tell you about is that Jesus gave this 
Samaritan woman a new sense of purpose in John 4, 28 through 30. So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come and see a man who has told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? Oh, yes. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we need the refreshing water that only comes from our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. He can come and make all things new. He can. He can. Do you believe that God changes things when He comes in your life? Well, I'm an example. I'm not perfect. Don't say amen, Linda. I, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to tell you something. God changes your life. He gave this woman a whole new perspective about life. He changed everything about her in that one encounter. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you given your life to Him? He is the answer. Now, I said broadly that America needs a new ethic. We do. America needs a new morality. That's true. That America needs a new awareness of God. That's true. And America needs a whole new sense of purpose. That's true as well. But beyond that, in making it more applicable right here, I think you and I need that. I think you and I need that today. I think you and I need to make sure that our life is in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you had that conversation with Him? Has He made things new for you? I've come to give you a new life. Like the woman at the well, I was thirsty. Amen? And you find things that just cannot satisfy your soul. Only Jesus Christ can satisfy. He can meet the needs why you're here and what this world is all about and what your purpose is in it. Only Jesus can do that. Do you know Him? Have you given your life to Christ? Have you had that kind of encounter with the Holy Spirit where the Spirit of God has come and tugged at your heart, changing you? Oh, have you, as a child of God, also been touched by the Spirit of God so that we need to repent? That we need to absolutely say, Father God, I'm sorry I've had these thoughts and beliefs. I'm sorry for this and that. Have you absolutely confessed your sins to Him? When you do, the Bible says He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. There's just nothing in the world like coming face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. It's wonderful. In just a moment, I'm going to give an invitation. If you're here and the Spirit of God has spoken to your heart, you don't quite know how to delineate that. You don't quite understand it. Would you come? We'll pray with you and talk with you. If you're here this morning and the Spirit of God has moved in your heart and you've accepted Christ, but you've never followed Him in believer's baptism, I'm going to ask you in just a few minutes to come and make that public. Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who is in heaven. And I pray that if that's happened, you need to follow Him in that beautiful witness 
of being baptized. If you're here and you're looking for a church home, there's so many people in this church that will love you and include you. This is a warm, wonderful place. I invite you to come. But children of God, brothers and sisters in Christ, I pray this morning that Jesus Christ has spoken to our hearts in such a way that something in our life we can say when we leave here today is new because of Him. Amen? We pray God will use this message for His glory in your life. If you would like more information, please feel free to contact us at info at OxfordBaptistChurch.com. Oxford Baptist Church is located in Oxford, Georgia. If you're close, we'd love to meet you.